Hello, this is Les Goldberg, and welcome to The Road Ahead. The Road Ahead podcast is dedicated to the future of the live events business, bringing together industry experts. Hello, production world. This is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. Today, I have four amazing guests. I have Berto Mora. Berto is the CTO and partner at All of It Now. I have Danny Furpo. Danny is the CEO and co-founder of All of It Now. I have Sean Borowski, who's the Director of Engineering for Systems Innovation, an ETP company. I have Craig Mitchell. He's the Director of Touring for LMG Touring, another ETP company. Guys, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Guys, you're very welcome. I'm super excited about this uh, podcast today. Today, we're going to be some, talking about something near and dear to my heart, augmented reality, AR, and how we're introducing AR into corporate touring, corporate events, touring events, uh, installations, all kinds of shows, exhibitions. And I want to talk today about AR and uh, what it is and how it works. So I'm going to throw the first question to Danny. Danny, can you give me the layman's version of how do you define AR, augmented reality? What is it in, in from English, simple English for the audience? Yeah, I think uh, augmented reality in its... Uh you know, kind of format that we know now is essentially a, a uh, ethereal, invisible layer of content of technology and uh, creativity that can be kind of expressed in a in a camera feed um, that that's sent to the audience. And you know, what's um, historically known as AR is you know essentially a, a compositing effect, something that goes over the top of the camera. Um, but I think there's definitely some impressive developments you know that we've been working on that other teams have been working on as well. Um, to kind of better integrate those augmented effects into the environment, um, you know, and, and what's kind of really special here is is that we have, um, you know, an incredible piece of entertainment technology. You know, the 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 three D model, the vector works, the drafting, the planning, all of those tools can really be used now um, in concert to create a really special augmented reality effect where we're kind of keeping the uh, stage pieces. In, in mind, keeping screens, keeping trussing, keeping all of that in context with the augmented reality experience and being able to create something um, you know, pretty, pretty magical. I like that when we do magical things, very magical. So I'm going to throw the same question to Sean, but I, Sean, I want you to take it on a spin of uh, from the Systems Innovation Group where we do an installation. You know, how is it maybe different? Danny is describing we're creating this in- environment where people see things. Is it becoming popular in the installation world where people are doing this permanently, or is this uh, something that's very new? Indeed, it is less. Um, AR, from from kind of a holistic perspective, I, I loved Danny's explanation, especially with context to event and, and broadcast presentation. Um, but all of the major tech uh, companies are, are uh, chasing after the goal of providing uh, an extension of your reality in front of you, overlaid on top of of what you visibly see in your day to day interactions. Um, that can be done with headsets. That can be done with with holograms. That can be done with other screen uh, surfaces that you see uh, as you come into contact with retail and with um, commercial and with educational um, locations. Uh, and so, in the integration market, we're very much uh, experiencing this drive to try and expand. Um, um, what we're able to show the customer, show the student, um, how we're uh, able to allow them to engage in new environments, uh, especially as, as Danny uh, spoke about.
about utilizing um, generative and real-time 3D modeling techniques uh, to either you know utilize virtual environments or virtual uh, uh, elements in front of the in front of the consumer, in front of the student, uh, in front of the viewer, in front of the the um, customer. Got it. Well, I, I, I like the term engagement. It sounds like when you see things visually and you see all kinds of elements, that it probably increases engagement. I'm throwing this question to Craig. Craig Mitchell, is this something that is very new for touring? Are people starting to use it? Is it, is it like in the very early phases of this? Is this a touring product? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Snap uh, just signed a deal with Live Nation, a multi-year deal. Uh, to bring augmented reality experiences uh, to, to events, especially festivals. Um, we've seen in the past uh, the Coachella Dance Tet had an AR experience that was uh, very popular on the live stream. Uh, we've seen uh, some music uh, TV award shows that uh, used AR very effectively for expanding the set pieces in the backdrop. Um, the U2 tour uh, featured AR experiences uh, both before the show and during the show. And uh, our own Danny and Berto on this call uh, did some amazing work with um, BTS on their stadium tour. Maybe they can elaborate on that. Well, okay. We'll get back to that in one second. I just want to ask this is a question to Berto. Um, the, uh, where do you see this technology deployed? Like, what, what do you see as the most popular use of AR from what you're experiencing. And I, I have to preface this, that uh, Danny and Berto, all of it now, like they do this all the time. These are industry experts. They know their stuff. So Berto, where are you finding the most amount of applications in the broadcast side, in the touring side, in corporate side? Like, maybe you could enlighten us. Yeah, I think uh, currently today, um, you know, we're seeing most of this AR work in the broadcast world. Um, and we've seen a little bit of this in the past with like, um, the NFL yellow line and, you know, all these like stats and um, those type of components for augmented reality um, in the past has been really, really expensive. Um, but now what's going on, um, obviously, it's still expensive, but it's gotten more affordable for prosumer uh, companies. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, broadcast world is really where we're seeing it the most. Um, we're seeing more and more uh, real time graphics and uh, render engines on site with, you know, camera trackers. Um, that are able to give you the location of the camera. Um, also, you, I think that um, broadcast also lends itself to have a little bit more time for setup. Where you know, when we have um, concerts and um, you know events like that, you're very limited on the timing that you have. So you know, augmented reality is uh, it's it's a little harder to do on a on a um, smaller time frame than a larger time frame. Um, and I also think, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of mobile uh, applications. Um, that's also existed for a while, but we're starting to see more and more uh, mobile uh, augmented reality, um, you know, and the goal today is, you know, to synchronize all the augmented realities from broadcast to mobile phone, to your computer, to your web um, browser. Um, so I think that that's kind of where it's going and we're probably going to see it more and more in our pocket, right? Uh, like everyone is going into AR today. Um, it's more accessible. Cell phones are a lot more powerful. They can actually render the graphics today. Whereas in the past, it's been a little bit harder. Um, so we're getting better sensors in our phones that allow us to actually um, be able to experience these experiences. Um, at the moment, as I mentioned, sports is probably where we see it the most. I think uh, uh, touring is going to be next. And eventually it's just going to be on your phone everywhere you go. 
So, so back to this, back to Craig on this touring question. Craig, are the touring people that are using applications, are they doing it for the live audience or the streamed version? What can you maybe uh, opine on that? Yeah, I would say, you know, to Berto's point right now in the touring scenario, it's very, you know, the time frames to set up in the morning and get it working uh, mainly for a live audience, you know, that's going to be a small group of people using that right at the moment until the technology matures a little bit. Um, where I think we're seeing it the most right now is in uh, festivals uh, that have maybe a live streaming component or a broadcast component, you know, a live event that also has a, a broadcast component so they can, you know, make it a bit more interesting for the viewers. You know, I believe some of the European festivals, Tomorrow World and stuff that really went into virtual during COVID are, you know, taking what they learned during COVID in virtual worlds and, and combining the two nowadays. Uh, and they're doing some really fantastic stuff. So I would see more of this by watching the stream and then maybe shooting it with my phone to see some additional experience, like a second screen. But I wouldn't, if I was in the live audience, would I see the same kind of experience or not? Uh, in the live audience, I think you're, you know, if you if you're talking about a stadium show or arena show where a lot of the audience is watching the IMAG screens, I, I think AR can be a very compelling experience, um, you know, on the IMAG screens uh, because so much of the audience is <clears throat> is watching that. Gotcha. Um, and I'd also say, in the terms of festivals and whatnot, AR is not going to be limited to the stage. AR is going to be how people find out where the bathrooms are. AR is going to how people find out about special merch deals uh, or special food to go to or special VIP meet and greets. Uh, that's all going to shift to AR uh, as we move forward, I believe. Got it. Okay. I'm shifting this question to Danny. Danny, you and uh, your team and us, we did a really big technology event uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. It was a monster event. And uh, while I don't want to go into all the details, what I really want you to do is kind of talk to me about how someone starts the discussion about how I can add AR in my show. I mean, our show had, I don't know, 20, 30,000 people and massive screens and, and, and AR was being shot with these special red spy cameras and tracking and stuff. But, but take me to the very first conversation when a client says, Danny, I want to add an AR element. How does that work? And, and maybe you could kind of talk to me about the approach of where you start and, and what, what the workflow path is and your discussions. So if someone were in the audience were a producer and they said, I want to do something really cool, uh, besides calling Danny Furpo, um, then, then like maybe you could give us a very layman's version of how do you start this discussion? Yeah, I think you know, uh, starting the question off kind of conceptually, creatively with, you know, what are those, what are those um, event concepts that you wanted to do um, that you know that were just kind of too expensive or or too impractical, right? If you wanted to hang you know a hundred foot parrot above the stage, but it just you couldn't get it together to to build, fabricate, or rig um, you know something that massive. Um, you know that's a great opportunity for AR, something to create that kind of um, weightless in, you know kind of ethereal object that costs nothing to ship, costs nothing to um, to to store. You know, um, can suddenly be pulled out at, on a whim to be able to you know, deliver that as an augmented reality experience. Um, you know, those kind of impossible or impractical objects, I think, are really great starting points for AR. And you know, I think creative directors often have those kind of thousand, you know, mile high ideas, thousand ideas that uh, they that they want to include in a show, but you know, have or have struggled to include in a show previously. But either the technology wasn't ready, their budget wasn't you know aligned, or they just couldn't honestly fit a round peg into a square hole. And so AR is a great kind of opportunity for that because 
um, it doesn't carry the same practical and physical weight of you know kind of other set pieces like screens and lights. Um, and so that is definitely a kind of a key consideration for starting that conversation of how um, how to how to kind of conceptualize what AR ele- you know, elements can do to elevate the show and 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 do something that a practical element ne- can't necessarily do. So, so Berto, my question is just as a follow up from this one with Danny was if if we have some creative treatment that we've agreed upon, how many days, weeks, months does it take for you to plan and 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 work the workflow to get some we'll call it a product that could hit the screens or the or the devices? Uh, what's the 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 how do I say um, what's the lead time if you were planning a show that would be the smartest time frame you could advise? Definitely. This is this sounds more like a Danny, Danny question, but I'll definitely answer this. Um, I mean, obviously, the right question, the right answer is the most time that you can get, um, because you never know what are the elements, what are the um, you know ideas that the client wants to do. Um, and a lot of that time, um, you know, we start with like a previous uh, session to be able to figure out what the graphics are going to be, where we're going to place these cameras, and then from there figure out kind of like the rendering process of like. Do we have to optimize these products, right? So, to be honest, the most time that we that we have, the better the the better the results going to be. Usually, you know, we tend to do you know based on the ideas at minimum a month, because um, that allows allows us to kind of develop the idea, um, come up with different creative concepts, figure out how we're going to be able to create those elements to render them and to actually produce them, whether they need to be produced in other um, you know. Uh, 3D graphic engines um, that are not real time, like Cinema 4D or Maya, and then bring those into Unreal Engine. Um, but you know, I think the pro- the project we just did it, it was a couple months of ideation and coming up with um, those ideas and in, in order to be able to put them on the screen. Um, and not only that, once you develop them, you have to previs them. Once you previs them, then you have to test them. Um, and it's not just like, oh, these graphics are going to work. You actually have to test the materials. Uh, Translucency is one of the biggest problems with augmented reality. So you have to figure out how to come up with new uh, ways to add translucency materials. So that in itself can take weeks to develop based on... How about, it, how, how about if we're on site? How much time on site? So we're loading in a show. We've got audio, video, lighting, LED screens, or whatever kind of projection. Um, how much time do you allot for the AR segment of the program? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, you know, a calibration per camera. We're we're talking about four to five hours. Um, you know, from the lens to be able to calibrate the actual mapping. Um, you know, so it, it really depends on how many cameras you have. Um, but you also not just have the cameras, you actually have your vid- uh, video village as well. Um, I think for this last project, we did it in like four days uh, for three cameras uh, set up, um, along with testing and being able to audition and, and add the content so that the client can see. So so just so just so I'm clear, when you have a camera and you're doing alignment, you're trying to align the camera to the environment to make sure the background is in sync with the camera. So when the camera moves, the background moves with it. Correct. So pretty much what we do in our um, with what we do is uh, we uh, take a 3D uh, version of the world or a 3D object that we know the exact dimensions, where it is in space. And then from there, we calibrate to that. So instead of having like a 2D calibration card, we have a 3D calibration card. And what we're able to do is we're able to place that card with a known object. Um, in this instance, it was the stage. We knew how high it was off before. We knew the dimensions of the of the screen that was the floor. 
um, and we produce that same element in augmented reality. We now place that in our origin world of our 3D space of our graphics engine. And then from, from there, did our calibration based on that. So what we would do is we would move our camera um, until it actually aligned. Um, not only that, we have latency as well that we have to account for. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of the process of aligning uh, the virtual world to the physical world with the 3D camera data. Got it. Um, I'm throwing this question to Sean. Sean, if someone wants to do an uh, installation of sophisticated, something cool, how does the conversation start about AR? I know Danny gave us some of this stuff that was probably more towards live events, but in a permanent installation, how do you begin the conversation? We certainly, we start with the, the goal in mind. We talk about uh, what they can't achieve with practical effects or practical uh, elements. Uh, and so being able to lean into what we can generate in a 3D world, um, how they can experience something beyond what's tangible. Um, that, that's where the conversation starts, but but quickly it moves into what's what's technologically feasible, right? That's that's where Berto and I spend a lot of time in in figuring out, um, you know, what the current state of technology right now can accomplish, and and a lot of these techniques are are on the bleeding edge. Um, but but I'll go back and reinforce that uh, they are becoming as sticky as uh, the the half line, you know, mark in, in most sporting events, right? Like we can't imagine watching a, a football or a soccer event without those overlays. Um, so as we move into, into retail spaces and to higher ed, uh, into, um, all types of other corporate signage or, or, uh, exterior signage, trying to, the conversation is very much around what can't we accomplish with, with normal tools that we could add, um, that you could experience. And, and that then leads into the same type of techniques that we're using in broadcast, and that's pinned in space elements, right? Like something that that is locked to your perspective um, in, in a way that as you move your head or you move your eyes, um, it feels congruous with the real world. Uh, and so trying to deliver that experience so that it either uh, feels photorealistic or it has a style that that just grabs you. You know, some things don't need to be photorealistic. They can be hyper-realistic. Uh, and so they engage your senses uh, so that they encourage you to, to purchase or visit or learn or, or you know, those, those are the types of, of heightened experiences that we want to reach, uh, reach into. Um, how that practically ends up often is um, in this moment due to a lot of technological innovation, um, either a single user experience, right? Because we have to create that environment so that you can experience it, but maybe it's not aimed at the person next to you. We're excited about as technology moves and, and we're able to do more multi-user experiences uh, in, uh, in specific spaces uh, for retail and, and for higher ed. Um, but what we are also chasing after is providing um, the, the overlay uh, related to your uh, mobile phone or your 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 personal device, right? So there's a lot of headsets that are going to start hitting the market here real soon. We're trying to be ahead of that in in all of our experiences that we're we're motivating. How do we tie in and and lean in so that you get the headset experience or the glasses experience as well as the practical physical experience? Um, so that that tends to be the conversation. The tom the conversations uh, track uh, in the same type of way of how do you build a website? Well, you start with a framework. You you 
iterate, you move through, you you creatively design, um, you you give feedback, and and you make changes. Um, so that process is is very similar um, to the way that you you work through a keynote deck in a in a live event presentation, right? Like we we walk through that process, and what we end up with uh, is is something that could not have been done two, three, five years ago. Uh, something that that adds ad revenue or adds. Um, you know, excitement about about stepping into a space. It adds the ability to learn more about dinosaurs because you can you can spin them around in front of your eyes, um, or you're able to gamify more more uh, engagements. So those those are the types of experiences that we're going for. So you're telling me that your kids, when they go to high school, are going to be wearing goggles, and the teacher instructor is going to be talking about dinosaurs, and they're going to be able to just push a the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then there'll be a 3D model that's spinning right in front of them. They they can do that right now. You know, they can do that with goggles oh, right now. Well, what they can do in the future is is you know think more about like a pair of of reading glasses, right? Like and and remove that awkwardness of having something heavy on your forehead, um, or to to look through a pane. You know, right now almost all you know my my kids with their teachers. You know, they've got technological tools that I didn't have. Uh, you know, growing up, they've got whiteboards that they can digitally erase and 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 take the notes with them. Uh, and so that next step absolutely is is. Is very much about them experiencing that that learning um, uh, effort in a way that's that's more 3D and more tangible to them. So, Sean, I have one follow up question, and then I want Danny uh, to opine on this next. Um, is AR going to exist in the metaverse? I like to say AR is the gateway to the metaverse, right? As as what we the con- concept, you know, reading Snow Crash and and looking through the the Ready Player One, right? Like that that reality that that you know certain companies are pointing at tends to be a little bit more uh, virtual reality, fully immersive personal experience. Um, you know what we're really excited about is that that cooperative, collaborative uh, experience that you get to you get to participate in with the person next to you. And I think that's why it's so relevant for live events, um, that, that it's something that doesn't take you out of the experience and you're talking to your friend in Singapore. Instead, it's something that is um, additive to your current experience. And so I think that while right now it's the best way to display the metaverse and something that we are delivering on a daily basis uh, in retail spaces, like how, how do we, or in uh, corporate meeting experiences, you know, what's, what's that next step in, in trying to, to connect to the metaverse? I think AR is a huge part of that. Um, I think a lot of what we talk about in the metaverse is a little bit more virtual reality and, and single user. Got it. So, so Danny, what is your thoughts on what Sean said about the metaverse and AR Versus, I mean, when you always see it advertised, that someone's wearing glasses, they're full goggles, they're they're in this other world. Uh, do you think AR plays a part, or do you feel like it's really to enter the metaverse? You're kind of operating in the virtual reality world. I absolutely agree with Sean. I think you know, kind of AR is um, inherently inclusive. Um, is is that rather than rely on a closed world, a closed kind of world that is created entirely in the virtual system that ultimately we're not we're not kind of ready for that as people right we we deal with the real world um, and we want to kind of add our, our own experience on top of that um, and I think that that's why AR is so successful here is is that it can be more social it can be more inclusive um, you know and and it, instead of trying to create you know the entirety of a new world it kind of adds something on top of it and and by being additive um, you know kind of helps uh, ease us into that, right? That that we're kind of in this really interesting place generationally with AR, right? That 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 the the 
you know, uh, yard line marker on on football was a, a technological breakthrough when it was first implemented, and now it's it's something that we assume to exist at all times. And I think that you know, as audiences become more discerning, right, we're already seeing you know sports and broadcasting take that augmented reality experience to the next level by adding 3D mascots and interaction with the environment and all of this, and that um, that will be you know that same kind of ten yard line marker. That we now know to be ubiquitous, we're going to see that same level of you know ubiquity um, moving forward as that kind of um, as those audiences mature and as that becomes kind of de rigueur and standard. And I think the same goes for the metaverse, where um, you know we, it's a great gateway, it's a great way to start into um, this concept of this persistent game world that we're around all the time. Um, and it's a great way to visualize that in in our everyday human context and physical context, and that as as people get more comfortable with the idea. Then, then the virtual reality kind of context can get up, you know, and 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 become more uh, more standardized. But I think, you know, especially we're 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 bucking against the kind of limitations of real time rendering technology and multi user experiences and all of that. And that AR is a great way to kind of hint at the future of that without necessarily trying to do everything in you know in that in that instance. So, so my question to Craig is, Craig, are people tour, doing tours in the metaverse where you, you, you aren't going anywhere, you're just putting on the goggles and you, you look around and you're having this very immersive, I want to say virtual experience. Um, are they doing that now? Is that the future? Are they monetizing it? Yeah, I mean, there was uh, some certainly some su- successful experiments during COVID. Uh, you had large festivals uh, like Tomorrowland. Uh, there was one down in uh, Australia that we supported one of our artists uh, playing a live show there all virtually. Um, yeah, I think it's coming. I mean, we're, we're in the early days. And I think, you know, specifically about AR, uh, one of the most powerful things is it's persistent. It'll be there. And whether you scan across it with a camera tracking, whether you hold up your phone and see it, uh, whether in the future you wear a headset and see it, you know, it'll be persistent, but it won't be static. Um, This is stuff you'll be able to interact with almost like a real object, you know, with cloud data streaming, you know, it can do updates uh, depending on the environment. So I think it's a very powerful layer of information, entertainment, uh, knowledge uh, that you'll be able to access, um, you know, whether you're in a live event, uh, you know, a retail store or any other area. So I, I think it's going to open up whole new forms of entertainment. And I think it's going to open up whole new forms of education and uh, knowledge base. Well, I, I know all of us have cell phones. That's the one thing I'm 100% sure of. So if they can get something to work with your cell phone and you point at it, Someone said, I, I take a picture of the coffee shop and then all of a sudden it's going to know what brand it is. And then it's going to automatically put up the promotional things that are happening as I'm driving by, whether I'm wearing glasses or a cell phone. I think the sky is the limit for this technology and incorporating it is that we're, we're kind of, I still think, in the infancy of incorporating it to all of our daily life. And uh, kind of the example, Danny, you used of the football line, it's been out for years, but now we just kind of expected. Who knows what AR will be in five or 10 years? So this is my last question. I'm going to start with Berto. Um, if you were trying to pitch someone about why they should be doing some work in AR on their meeting event, on their broadcast, on their exhibition, whatever the tools, what's your best pitch for this technology? Why should I be thinking and using AR? What, what, why is that going to help me in the long run? 
Oh, this is hard. Um, I personally think because, um, you know, augmented reality is a, a spatializing technology. Uh, you're able to use the space that you're in. Um, you're able to use your surroundings um, in order to um, add a layer of information, as Craig was saying, uh, whether it's a virtual wallpaper on your wall or, you know, some advertisement that comes out of your screen or that you're as you're driving, you see advertisement in the air. Um, I think it's just another way of um, using uh, the space uh, with this new medium in order to, you know, create a new experience. Um, that's really it. Um, it sounds like it's going to be in my car windshield not too long from now. Yeah, it's it's going to be everywhere. Wherever there's glass and a display and wherever you can put a projector, uh, whether it's a tiny projector that fits on your glasses or a large projector, um, you know, I think superimposing images on, you know, a visual that we see, it that's where it's going to be, um, you know. It's going to be everywhere. And one day it's just going to be, you know, in it's literally going to be in our contacts and you're not even going to worry about it. Like you're going to walk out of your house like you're, you know, you forgot your keys um, without this technology if you don't have it. That is awesome. I'm looking forward to the future now. Craig, give me your best shot at why I should add AR to my next concert tour. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, as Danny mentioned, sell more merchandise. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, again, I, I think, you know, in the touring world, we create short-term, uh, fantastical places, immersive environments and AR is, is essentially built for that. You know, there's no better tool in the toolbox to do that. Uh, the only challenge is for the users to display right now, really the only realistic option they have is to hold up their phones and, and watch through their phones. Uh, but I would say within the next two to three years, uh, there'll be some opportunities to change that with headsets of varying sizes. And, uh, you know, we'll see that technology shrink down to glass size probably over the next decade. But, uh, you know, the technology is there. It's in the lab. It's starting to get out into the wild. It's being used commercially. And uh, it's I believe it's just going to accelerate as we go. And uh, it will lead to just about unlimited imagination um, for the creative team. Unlimited imagination for a creative team. That sounds like a hashtag, Craig. That is just, that's so much fun with that one. Okay, Danny, I, I know we did this monster corporate event. I hope we do more monster corporate events using this cool technology. Give me your best pitch for why AR should be in the next corporate event for next week who we're working with. Yeah, I think, you know, partially because it's cool, but also, um, you know, really because uh, it, it, you know, it allows another layer of communication with your audience. Um, it it allow it gives you more visual real estate, more narrative real estate. Um, you know, it's it's embracing the very you know edge of what's possible. And I think that as a as a corporate company, as some as a company that is trying to signal that you're embracing the latest greatest technology, I think it's absolutely um, a factor, right? In the in the same way that you know in the '90s. Right, you weren't a company unless you had a website. I think that we're going to be approaching that same thing here. With if you don't have an augmented reality layer to your company, that 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 way to to com communicate your brand in that augmented reality space, that you're not going to have um, the same layer of you know, the same way to communicate with your users and audience um, and communicate that brand as, as 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 other brands will. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people have spaces in the metaverse where they have their store or something, but it seems like the, the gap between the metaverse and our real live reality is this augmented reality. So it's, it's the glue between the two. Um, Sean, bring us home and tell us why 
for the next big installation, a venue, a, a retail store, something should have an augmented reality component. Absolutely. Les, as usual, you've got some great guests and there have been some great answers. Um, you know, I lean into that, you know, being able for a client to unleash their creativity, uh, being able to, to really deliver on, on something that is new and, and sticky and um, being able to, to grab eyeballs, right? Um, when we're talking about events and broadcast and, and telling stories, when we're talking about retail and, and uh, corporate and installation and signage, um, what we're talking about is personalization, um, we're able to deliver data directly to you. Um, there can be different advertisements presented to your eyeballs than the person next to you. Um, you can be looking at the same thing. So, you know, that's where there's a lot of, of um, ability to grow. There's a, a limitless ceiling when it comes to um, how we can, uh, as you said, driving down the street and, and your mobile read something and you get personally uh, uh sold to, um, you know, so advertisement dollars, uh, promotional materials, opportunities, um, you know, as we get into uh, uh, spaces where we want to experience, it comes out of that personalization and it comes to being able to experience things like the metaverse and um, art installations and entertainment together, right? So we, we move from personalization to, to a, a group opportunity to experience something more, something beyond the tangible. So um, that's, that's my pitch for you. You know what? I like all of your answers. I think you all are rock stars and super smart in what you're talking about. I, I got to tell you, I am so excited that we made it through a whole podcast and no one said the word COVID. God bless you all, because I think that it, we, we got to go back to doing what we do. And, and uh, the world is, is going back to whatever our new normal is. And I'm super excited about AR especially because I sat in the audience in that show two weeks ago and I was like, oh, I knew exactly when we were using it and I knew when we weren't using it. So uh, it was super cool. But I want to thank all of you. Y'all are amazing. Berto, Danny, Sean, and Craig, thank you for your insight. And we look forward to uh, making sure to uh, enter the AR world and make sure we embrace it. And we don't uh, talk people out of it, but we talk them into it. And uh, this is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. Everybody, great job. Thank you, Les. Thank you. Thank you.